This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. My name is David Devonish, and I'm one of the pastors here at Woodside Church. Welcome to our service this morning. I'm going to continue our series on Look to Jesus, Preacher, Healer, Teacher and Example. And we've been looking particularly so far at Jesus as a preacher, as a healer bringing in the kingdom of God and as an example uh, for us being baptised. And Jesus has been preaching and healing Great crowds, crowds from all over the region came to him, as Hudson was sharing about a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it was amazing the, uh, the extent of his healing and preaching ministry. But then it says this in chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Why, with a successful healing ministry, did Jesus actually see the crowds and move away from them to go up the mountain where some of them wouldn't be, especially the sick ones, wouldn't have been able to, to go? Why did he do that when he'd been doing something so successful? Well, his mission was to bring the kingdom of God and preach and heal the sick, but his mission was also to form his church. His disciples were the embryonic church and it's the church that will continue to preach the kingdom after Jesus' resurrection right up until the present day. And so preaching and healing were very important, but also so was teaching and training his disciples. It says he sat down. That's the way rabbis taught in those days. And he now embarks on what's become one of the most famous passages in literature, really, what's called the Sermon on the Mount or the Mountain. This sermon, as we will see over the next few weeks, sets very, very high standards as to how uh, disciples, his church, are to live so high that if you read it through and as you listen as we go through it this, these weeks, you would say, how can we attain it? Someone, wants, uh, someone, Leon Morris, the commentator, said this, the teaching in this sermon certainly sets a high standard if we take it seriously. We realise that we cannot attain it and therefore cannot merit or deserve salvation. It is the end of the way of the law and drives us to seek salvation in Christ. In other words, because we can't live these good lives on our own, it causes us to go to Christ to have salvation by his grace and mercy. But Leon Morris goes on. When we have received this salvation as God's free gift, the sermon shows us how we should live in the service of our gracious God. It shows us what life is like in the kingdom of God. And that's such a brilliant summary. And so how 
does Jesus start this great sermon that lasts for three chapters of Matthew's Gospel? He starts with blessing. What is blessing? Sometimes it's just a word we use. We say, ah, oh, bless, or oh, bless you. Or even when someone sneezed, we say, bless you. What, what does it mean? What's the idea? Actually, in the UK recently, uh, during this lockdown, the UK Blessing song has become very, very popular. All sorts of people are listening to it. And we're getting a little bit more then of the idea of what blessing is. Because in, in Western thinking, it's, it's diminished in, per, in, in uh, its effect a little bit. The effect of the word, I mean. Easterners think much more of a blessing. I find as I travel around and minister in the East quite a lot, when I'm praying with people after a service, people come up to me for prayer, I often ask, what is it you would like me to pray for? And usually, certainly in the West, people will give a specific thing. But I find in the East, often people will just say, I just want God to bless me. It's almost tangible. It's, some, it's, it's not just my specific needs, but a real tangible sense of what God will give me. It's often translated happy. So people say these, these blessings that become under Matthew, happy are, and so on. But it's more than that. It includes the joy of the Lord that we experience, but it's much more than that. It's the ongoing pouring out from God of his grace, his provision, his love, his power. It's almost a physical thing, if you see what I mean. Blessing is tangible, not just a nice expression. I read recently uh, during this time of lockdown of a particular priest who wanted to bless the members of his congregation and he wasn't able to go near to them, of course, because of uh, social distancing and so on. And so he actually filled a water pistol with holy water and as people came and sat in his car and people came nearby and he would say bless you and then fire the water pistol at them. Now I'm not advocating that's the way we should do it but he had got something that there's something tangible about this idea of blessing. Our translations often say blessed are or blessed are it could be blessings upon, and I may, as I read it in a moment, may say that sometimes, blessings upon. The, and, but also, as I read this scripture, be prepared to be shocked, because otherwise you're not feeling like the original hearers would have done. For those who have been Christians many years, these words will be familiar. But it was shocking at the time. Usually, the sign of God's blessing would be prosperity, achievement, or law-keeping. But listen, this is what Jesus says. And he opened his mouth. That's a way of saying what follows is very, very important. And taught them, saying, blessed 
are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessings upon those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessings upon the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessings upon the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessings upon the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessings upon those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, be blessed. That's the title of this talk in this particular series. But it's Jesus starting to teach his disciples, this is what we are like in the kingdom of heaven. This is the atmosphere of the kingdom of God. So who receives the blessing then? Well, firstly, the poor in spirit. Those crushed by life. The humble poor the unsuccessful, not the winners of the world. So often we attend, can attend seminars and conferences, how to be a winner, how to be successful. Even in Christian contexts, how to have a successful ministry, how to have a successful life or a successful marriage. And it's certainly not blessed are the rich, which Sadly, the so-called prosperity gospel falsely would teach us. So what Jesus is saying is countercultural then and now. You see, God starts this wonderful message. Jesus begins his teaching because God starts with grace, meeting those who have failed, who realise their hopelessness. It's based on Isaiah's prophecy, who says this, I will bless those who have a humble and contrite heart. That is, you're humble, you're not pushing yourself forward. You realise your failure, you're contrite, you're turning away from it, who tremble at my word. That's a dynamic pronouncement that conveys a blessing on those who feel totally inadequate and even unblessed. Jesus announces, these are now the blessed, those who realize their sense of failure. Then blessed are those who mourn, the brokenhearted. Jesus came, it says, to heal the brokenhearted 
those who mourn their own failings, who mourn the pain of this world under the power of sin and the devil. This speaks about the whole earth groaning. We're seeing this with the virus now, an evidence of the groaning of the earth, waiting for the kingdom to come and Christ to restore everything. We mourn it. We mourn our own failures. And we mourn the situation. You say, aren't we to rejoice? Yes, we're told to rejoice later. But the blessing is upon those who feel this. Blessed are the meek or the humble. They will inherit the whole earth. No, surely not. That's not our experience. It's the go-getters. Those that triumph over others. Those that push themselves forward. Those that knock others down. Those, they're the ones who achieve greatness. No, not in the kingdom. That is coming now. And will come in fullness in the future. Humility is the way. Again, it's based on the Old Testament scripture. Psalm 37 verse 11. The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The humble. Those that are not pushing forward. The land, in the Old Testament quotation, is on several occasions enlarged to the whole earth today or the world because the gospel now is for every nation. Those who hunger or thirst for righteousness. In, in hot countries or poor countries, people know what it's like to be starving and so thirsty. I've experienced in a hot country at uh, one time, because I hadn't had taken my water bottle with me, my throat was so parched, I couldn't have even eaten anything because there wasn't any saliva left. It was dreadful. I was thirsty. And it says that you, those, there's a blessing on those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And righteousness is a rich Greek word with at least three meanings in the New Testament. It's being made righteous in Christ as a gift. Okay? We thirst for that. It's living a godly, personal godly, righteous life. And we want to go for that. It is also those who yearn and work for justice. Because righteousness and justice are the same, work in the, same word in the Greek text. And we have to uh, work out from the context which it is. And sometimes it's not very clear. So it could be those who hunger and thirst for justice in the earth. And the power of injustice is so palpable today. Even, I'm not blaming anyone for this part at all. It's just how life is. Because even the effect of the coronavirus on the poor is greater than on the rich. This is tragic. The lockdown is more severe on those who are in small flats rather than on those like myself, privileged to have gardens. The picture of the new earth in the future 
is everyone under their own vine and under their own fig tree, that each has a plot of land. That's the idea. And the poor are being affected more. And I, I long for that to change. And I long for us to serve the poor, therefore. Which is why in our Catholic family of churches, we've had a massive offering now over a, a, a huge amount, half a million, for the, those who are going hungry because of this in other nations. And so then we've we come on our, on our uh, consciousness again, the dreadful injustice of racism, which has gone for centuries, and the death of the murder of George Floyd. It's been like it for centuries, but it's somehow come out, and we're all seeing it again. Do you not long for the change, for the privilege of uh, certain races or classes to be transformed into justice for all. Martin Luther King said this, I have a dream where, and he's talking about his children, will not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. We long for justice in the earth. Some of it uh, we can do something about. We can protest in democratic societies, but we're longing and working for justice. And then for the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Why? Because they are acting like God. God shows mercy to all those in need. And the blessing of mercy is on those who show mercy. In the Beatitudes, it's attitudes that are blessed rather than actions. In Matthew's Gospel, to be moral is to be merciful. Blessings on the pure in heart, against attitude. The heart, today we often say the heart is my emotions. At that time, the heart was the centre of my whole being, not just emotions, but willing, thinking and feeling. To will, to think and feel all came from the heart. And they're here, it is all focused on God rather than on myself. No arrogance, the pure in heart. And the peacemakers, blessing on the peacemakers. In English, peace means either the absence of war politically or inner tranquility personally. But shalom, the Hebrew word, means communal well-being and good relationships in the community. Peacemakers are concerned for the whole community. They are reconcilers. They are those who heal divisions. Today, uh, in the political sphere, there's a demonic attempt to magnify divisions. The kingdom of God bring peacemakers. The African Bible commentary put it this way. Peacemakers are rightly called the sons of God because they demonstrate in reality not just their relationship with God, but their participation in his most characteristic work. God brings peace. He said the Prince of Peace. And overall, these blessings show that God helps those who cannot help themselves. There's a dreadful saying in the English language, which has no warrant in scripture, 
God helps those who help themselves. No, 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 no. God helps those who cannot help themselves but turn to him. And then blessing upon the persecuted. If you live like Jesus was describing here, you are blessed when you get persecuted. Then rejoice and be glad. What? Rejoice? Not always easy. And Christianity is now the most persecuted faith in the world. Persecution is growing all over the world. This has a future fulfillment. When the kingdom comes, when Jesus returns, all these priorities will be turned upside down. All the priorities of the world will be turned upside down to reflect the Beatitudes. So, these blessings are the provision of the grace of God needed for us to begin to fulfil the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. If you read the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, without this bit first, you'll just come under condemnation. Because there are standards that are so high that we can't meet it. But if we start with this, this is a blessing upon those who fail. Then as we look, as we look at, study them and as you read them, these commands that contain great challenges to us and our approach to life, remember, it starts with blessings of grace to those who have failed. And it's these sorts of people that God blesses. Then they also should be those we bless too. Rather than success and celebrity, Christians, uh, along with the world, are tempted to, to particularly focus on success and celebrity. This changes us, this passage. We don't, we bless those who bless, God blesses. There's a rather strange Christmas carol, I know it's as far away from Christmas as you could possibly be, but there's a strange Christmas carol that we don't sing in our carol services and I'm not advocating that we do. It's called Good King Wenceslas. And although, as I say, I'm not advocating that we should be using it, there's two very profound lines in that old carol. It says this, Ye, that's the old-fashioned word for you, who now will bless the poor, shall yourselves find blessing. That's the Sermon on the Mount. We are blessed, and we bless those that God blesses. And I know it's tough for many of you today. It's tough being in lockdown in difficult circumstances, perhaps both working from home, either looking after toddlers or doing homeschooling at the same time. But let the grace of God meet you where you are. You who now are in that circumstance. Just receive. And be those that seek for justice. I know, as you know, these messages are pre-recorded. And therefore, some of the things I've illustrated, like the, um, all the demonstrations that there are uh, for justice now, racial justice, things may have moved on, I don't know. But 
let's hear there's a blessing on those who hunger and thirst after justice. Now, it'd be good for us to bless one another. You know, if you're with somebody else at home listening to this, why don't you turn to each other? Because we're going to bless each other. If you're on your own, God's with you. You're part of a wider body. You're looking at this with loads of other, hundreds of other people. Why not think of someone else who you want to encourage? Because we're going to say a blessing together in a moment. Then, after I've finished, on the screen are going to go up a number of other blessings. The blessing song will be sung, and on the screen will go some of the blessings of Scripture. Meditate upon them. Don't rush away. Meditate on these words and receive the blessing of God deep in your spirit. And so the words will go up now, a blessing from Scripture. And after three, let's each one of us say them out loud where we are. Bless one another. Bless people in your mind if you're not with others. So here we go. One, two, three. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. May you know the blessing of God, the God who blesses attitudes, the God who blesses those who feel their need of him and meditate upon these further blessings now. God be with you. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.